Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's show. This is the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast, the place, as you heard from our host, where people come to learn more about stage lighting. And in particular, in these uh, introductory podcasts, we're at number 14 now, but the first, uh, you know, around 20 or or maybe more are, are going to be introductory podcasts, just talking about the basics of lighting and, and how you can apply that um, to your specific lighting world. And so I'm really glad you're here today. In the main segment, we're going to be talking about moving lights. We're going to be talking about should you have them? Should you use them? Why should you use them? What what do you need to look out for when you buy them? So I hope you stick around and enjoy us there. Now, the good news uh, for today, if you're excited about that main segment, is uh, we don't have a lot of news or a lot of mailbag questions. Um, this week um, is a busy week for me, and so I'm going to be busting out a few podcasts. Actually, the next few weeks are busy, um, and so that made this week busy, so I'm going to be busting out a few podcasts this week um, to get them done so that they can publish the next few weeks so you get your podcast every week. And so that's what's happening here in Learn Stage Lighting Land. Um, And so with that said, guys, in the news today, um, we don't really have any news. I didn't even play the little uh, music track there because uh, Pro Light and Sound and the NAB show um, both kind of ended last week, um, two big trade shows. And, uh, you know, they took all the thunder. There's there's nothing really new this week in the world of lighting, and, and that's okay. Um, and so let's dive in to our main segment. Um, so this podcast may be a little shorter today just because we're not covering as much, but moving lights. When are they or what are they? Why should you use them? And uh, what should you look out for when you're buying them? So moving lights, for those who aren't familiar, I'm sure most people here are because they've become very commonplace, is a light that you're able to remotely control. In fact, I like the term automated light the best. Um, There's different terms that people use for moving lights. You know, sometimes people call them intelligent lights, but I don't like that term because the lights themselves, while they they do have some intelligence to them, most of the intelligence comes from the operator who's programming the console. And so I don't like to call them intelligent lights. Um, I kind of have a beef with that. Um, But moving lights or automated lights, I think, is a great term for them. And so they're just a light that is able to move, is able to be remotely controlled via DMX. It may have uh, other features besides just the ability to move and turn on and off. Uh, There's some simple moving lights like the uh, Apollo right arm. I don't know if they still make that thing, but it was kind of aimed at the theater um, to be able to point a light in a few different places. But all it had was, you know, on off control of the light and you could move it all the way to, you know, some uh, fancy and impressive moving lights have all sorts of features like color mixing, color wheels, CTO, framing shutters, gobos and prisms and frosts and focus and zoom and all kinds, everything you'd want in a light can be packed into a moving light. So do you need moving lights? Um, This is something, you know, a a question that I tackle a lot with people because moving lights are cool and they're a lot of fun to work with. And so why would you want moving lights? Well, 
you know, the most obvious is if you want a moving beam on your stage, if you want light that's moving around, you know, actively, then you certainly, you know, want to consider moving lights. However, moving lights aren't just for things that need to move. For example, say you're in a theater and, and so this isn't, you know, a live music show where you just want the lights dancing around and all that, but you know, there may occasionally be movement, but more than that, you need a fixture that you can put in a lighting position, maybe in your backdrop or, or something like that. And you need the ability to be able to change color, change texture via gobo, you know, maybe change focus and, and maybe occasionally point in a different direction, but not often. Then a moving light can be your friend for that too. And, and can really be the right application. So I want you to open your mind, even if you're, you know, perhaps in a church or in a theater or, you know, you're just, you're not lighting a band or a DJ where it makes instant sense. Oh yeah, of course we want the light moving around, but you know, there are other places where we can use moving lights and they don't have to move around and they don't have to be a music show. And so now I, I kind of want to pivot a little and, and talk about um, the, the cons of moving lights. So we, you know, I, I probably just maybe have convinced you there to get moving lights. Um, but there are some strings attached with moving lights. And so it's, it's really important to know everything um, you can before delving into that world. Okay. So the first thing you're going to need to know is that if you don't have a controller, a DMX control console, that's able to control moving lights well, then you probably want to upgrade that first. Okay. So th this is going to vary depending on the console you're using because there's, there's so many consoles out there. For example, you know, in the theatrical world, I keep talking about them probably because, you know, moving lights have, have really moved into there, but not at all levels. And so, you know, a community theater, might have an old, you know, two scene preset console or something like an ETC Express, some awesome consoles, but they weren't designed to control moving lights. Now, can you control moving lights on an ETC Express or a Leprechaun, um, you know, what is that, a 6000 series? Well, yeah, you can. And in fact, any DMX console technically can control moving lights, but it comes down to how easy or difficult is it to get the control and to do the programming you want to do. Um, whereas compared to these theatrical consoles that, that weren't even thinking about moving lights when they were designed, you know, a console like MPC software or the M series, uh, hardware consoles that I like to recommend here or another console. Um, there's, there's so many out there that are designed with moving fixtures in mind. Th these consoles are going to do a lot for you. For example, they're going to automatically point the light straight down. They're going to, you know, put it in the center of its pan and tilt positions as a starting point so that you're not just at a dead end where you can't turn one way, but you can turn the other. By default, it puts you right in the middle. You know, it also puts other parameters at their zero point, you know, which is not necessarily a zero DMX value, but, you know, could be in the middle of their range. Um, to where the fixtures just open and able to be white when you turn it on. And so having the right console in place is really important. And you want to have something that can control moving lights. Well, you know, similarly, I talked about theater, but on the DJ side, say you have something like, you know, an, 
a Chave Obey 40 or even the Obey 70, which has a little joystick on it, or, you know, something similar from Olation or ADJ or Blizzard. These are, are fine consoles, but they really, really, really don't control moving lights well. And so even if your console says it can control moving lights, I would go out there, go on YouTube, you know, send in a question to me to the questions here um, using the contact form at learnstagelighting.com slash contact. Um, and to kind of figure out, okay, you know, maybe my console is capable of moving lights, but is it easy? Is it fluid? Does it make sense? And, and with a lot of these lower cost consoles, you may find that it doesn't make sense. Now with a lot of software-based consoles, you know, NTEX DMX, as I talk about a lot, it's, you know, fairly easy to use moving lights. If you have a lot of moving lights though, DMX is not going to be the solution for you. You know, MPC. Uh, which I talk about a lot. It's now in violation. Great console designed to work with moving lights. So it works great with it. You know, and there's many, many, many others out there. So many software platforms. Um, and so I think I've about beat that to a pulp on uh, the, the console aspect of moving lights. But now let's talk about the cost aspect of moving lights. Okay. So when we talk about moving lights, there's going to be a couple different options as to what the light engine or what the lamp inside it is going to be, how the light is produced. Most moving lights um, up until, you know, a few years ago were discharge lamp moving lights. Okay. So these are like those metal halide gym lights, only nicer and more expensive. Okay. And a discharge lamp basically shoots an arc of electricity across an air gap and it makes a really stinking bright bit of light in a really small space. It gets really hot as well, but regardless, this is ideal for moving lights because then you can have a small moving light, but it can really cut through a stage well. But the downside to a discharge lamp is it has a finite lamp life. I mean, everything does, but you know, a discharge lamp is only going to run for as long as it's going to run. Is that 800 hours? Is it 750? Is it 2000 hours? Is it a thousand hours? Is it 1500? You know, that's something you need to look at before you buy a discharge moving light, because it may have a $200 lamp and you get what you pay for. If you buy a knockoff lamp, you, they're going to be inconsistent and they may not work for as long as well, um, as opposed to a name brand. And so you may have to buy this $200 lamp, you know, depending on your use, if it's only a 750 hour lamp, you may have to replace that a couple times a year or maybe once a year. And now you've got 10 moving lights. All of a sudden it's $2,000 a year or more just to replace the lamps to keep them current in these lights. Um, and so that's something to think about. Also inside of moving lights, actually we won't go quite there yet, but you know, other types of lamps, a lot of newer moving lights have LED sources. And in fact, if you're buying new, um, if you're buying a new wash fixture, for sure go LED because there's so many LED wash fixtures, it's much easier for the manufacturers to build an LED wash fixture. But even if you're buying a, a moving spot fixture, I would strongly suggest you buy LED, strongly. Most of the people I'm talking to now here in 2018 are only buying those fixtures except for the brightest um, needs. And the reason for that in spot fixtures is it's a little harder to make a spot fixture with an LED, but they finally kind of cracked the code on that. 
And for most applications, except the brightest applications, you know, and I'm talking, um, you know, an equivalent of a 1500 watt discharger arc lamp. Until you get up to that point, now there's so many great options on the market to be able to go LED inside of a moving light. And, and going LED inside of a moving light does a couple amazing things for you. The first thing that it does that you may be aware of is that, of course, you get a really long lamp life, right? So that thing, the lamp, the LED source should outlast the fixture itself, okay? Two, LEDs run a lot cooler than other lamps. Yes, it's true that LEDs do generate heat and that heat needs to be pulled away from the LED, usually with some fans and some heat sinks coming from behind them. But on the light output side, you know, the light shooting out of the lamp and, and through all the optics of the fixture is a cool light. It's, it's not a warm light like a discharge or an incandescent lamp. And these LED fixtures, even when they're running for long hours, they don't get near as hot as the discharge fixtures. And so while standing on the outside of the fixture, that may not be super noticeable. When you touch the parts on the inside of the fixture, like if you take a cover off of an LED fixture after you've been using it for say 10 hours, it's not that hot on the inside. And so what we're gonna see, what I really believe we're gonna see over the next few years as LED spots and bigger LED spots get real popular is that I think, and I, I'm not a, uh, a, a, I'm not a great moving light tech, I can fix them, but I'm not the best in the world. Um, and I'm not a product design engineer. But what I do know is that things like these motors and belts and different parts and pieces inside of these lights are susceptible to breaking down under heat. Heat causes a lot of stress for electronics, which is what these moving heads are filled with. And so when we go LED and we get that heat down way less, especially the heat that's being projected out through the optics, you know, these various motors and stuff inside there, belts and pulleys and gobos and color wheels, all that stuff's getting hit with a lot less heat. And I think that as long as the manufacturers you're buying from are using decent components, I think it's gonna cause the lights to run a lot longer before there's a failure. You know, there's in the um, install world, there's kind of a figure that installers will use called mean time between failures. And what this means is they're saying, okay, how long is this thing that we're selling you and installing going to run before you're gonna to need to replace it or before it's failing enough, you tried repairing it, that, that you really need to replace it. And with these LED moving lights, I think that's gonna be, that figure is gonna be a lot higher. And so when you look at moving lights, you know, I would definitely look hard at LEDs because while they're gonna cost more right now, you know, especially in those spots, they may cost more than a discharge counterpart. I've seen this in some people's, some companies' product ranges you know, where they have two very similar lights, a discharge and an LED, the LED costs more. Over the long term, the LEDs going to do so much for you. You're not gonna be buying those lamps and having to remember to replace them. You're not going to be hopefully doing as much maintenance inside of the fixture over time, which brings me to another point about moving lights is that they break. Every moving light will break. There are moving parts and anything, as you know, everyone who drives a car, anything with moving parts is going to break over time. You know, a lot of moving lights are warranted for three, four, five years, something around there. And after that point, 
you know, it's up to you to fix it, up to you to foot the bill to fix it, unless it's going to be used on, then it won't be covered by warranty, obviously. And so, you know, when you're looking at and moving lights, you know, you're going to probably get a couple years if you take care of them where you shouldn't have any problems with them, especially not major problems. And if you do, the manufacturer should be there um, to really cover their butt. But after that, there may be, you know, problems that come up. Belts may come loose. They may fall off. They may snap. Motors may go bad. You know, wiring may have problems. I know that's usually more heat related from what I understand. Um, and so with these LEDs, that's, that's not as much of a problem. Um, and as these components inside your moving lights go bad, you are going to have to fix them at some point down the road. Okay. Now, if it's a really inexpensive moving light, you just may sell them for parts and move on. Um, but I would keep that in mind, you know, as compared to an incandescent fixture or even an LED fixtures where a lot of these fixtures will run for a long time, you know, maybe 10 years or more with minimal or, or little to no maintenance, um, a moving light, especially if you're using it well, you're using its features, you're using it a lot. A moving light is going to require that repair over time. There are going to be things that break down in it over time and, and are going to need to be fixed. And so that's another thing um, you really want to look out for when you're buying moving lights, because there's a lot of inexpensive moving lights on the market and there's nothing wrong with them. But there's a few things that's going to separate a more professional grade mover from an inexpensive mover. And uh, this is kind of my next point on my notes here is that one of the things you're going to see is that, um, you know, fan noise is going to be a lot quieter on those more expensive moving lights. And that's just the difference between spending, you know, 25, 50 cents on a fan when you buy them in bulk, as opposed to spending five or $10 a fan. You know, there really is that range in, in fans inside these units or like inside of a computer, same kind of fan, you know, low voltage fans. And the difference in, in the amount of sound that comes out of them is, is massive between a really cheap fan and a, a more pricier fan, but it's worth it. Now for a lot of people, you know, Hey, go buy a less expensive, like go buy an ADJ, go buy a blizzard, um, go an entry level blizzard or an entry level Chave DJ. Um, and, and they're going to be great for you, but the fan noise may be loud. So if you're not in a loud environment, then, you know, maybe you're in a church, um, maybe you're in a theater and it's not always a loud environment, right? Some churches are a loud environment during the music, but during the preaching, it's pretty quiet. And so you got to account for that. You got to, you know, check out these lights beforehand, see how loud they actually are and take note of that. Similarly, basic to pro, the motors are going to be louder in an inexpensive fixture generally, as opposed to an expensive fixture. And again, it just comes down to, you know, you pay more for a motor inside these fixtures. You're going to get a higher quality product. That's a little smoother moving and is also quieter. And so, Basically, I want to try to sum it up all here, sum up all my notes here. Um, moving lights can be a really great thing. I don't want to talk you out of them. In fact, I love moving lights. They're so much fun to work with, so much fun to program. They can be a really versatile part of your show, and they're more common today than ever before. But when you are buying moving lights, make sure to count the cost. And I am going to link to a few articles coming out of this. Um, one's from Church Production Magazine, just an excellent primer of some of the things I talked about with maintenance and lamp changes and stuff like that. You know, what is the cost, the true cost of a moving light? So you can begin to think about that as you look through um, 
you know, you look at options and decide what you're going to go with. But, you know, really, I love moving lights and I think they're great. But don't expect to buy the cheapest thing on the market and get something that looks, you know, light output wise, like the most expensive thing on the market. Moving lights have come a long way. I've seen them come so far in the past 10 years. And especially on the inexpensive side, you know, the Chave DJ and Pro or the ADJ and Alation or the Blizzard lights, you know, have come so far. All these brands have. And, and really, you know, all make some great lights. But, you know, take a look at feature sets. Take a look at the lights themselves. Take a look at noise level. Take a look at the cost over time. And use all these things as you begin to think about moving lights and, and how they can work in your lighting rig. For those of you who are new to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast, the mailbag is the part of the show where we open up the mailbox just as usual. Of course, this time it's a virtual. Um, and I read some comments and questions that I get from you guys and I try to answer them here on the show. Um, and this is pretty much my first reading through. Usually I read through them quick as I copy and paste them into my show notes, and then I'm answering them here live on the show so you can see my thought process. Now, if you do have questions about lighting and uh, maybe you're new to lighting and, and you're really looking for, you know, that edge, that shortcut to, to learn quickly and be able to become really good with lighting um, quickly, whether you're lighting a band, a church, theater, DJ, whatever, um, I do have a program called Learn Stage Lighting Labs. It's basically the sponsor of our show where you can dive in for a recurring fee, um, either monthly, quarterly, or yearly for this recurring cost, um, you can come in at a low cost and just get a whole library of videos. It's kind of like other learning websites you may have heard about. And you're able to get these step-by-step -step video tutorials. Plus, there's um, private forums where you're able to dive in with other people and, and really learn more about lighting yourself, ask questions, and figure out how to best apply what you're learning in the lessons to your lighting rig. And so go check that out. I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, to learn stage lighting labs and, and where you can learn more about that and join if it looks interesting to you. Now this week, Tyler writes in, I'm just going to answer one question today because I'm doing a couple podcasts this week. And he says, I'm currently in the beginning stages of building a synchronized light show for my band. Um, He's done plenty of reading on DMXs and different programs like Showbuddy, Mainstage, and Ableton Live um, used to run DMXs. And he wants to know what program he can use to run his click track as well as the MIDI file that synchronizes the lights with it. Um, it doesn't seem like Showbuddy is intensive enough for what he wants to do. Ideally, he liked to build the clicks in the MIDI show in Logic and then transfer that to Mainstage and run his whole show off that. Do I even know if it's possible? Thanks. All right, Tyler. So um, I, I'm seeing a couple things here um, that I want to answer. Just quick Googling. Um, with these digital audio um, workstations, DAW, I'm not a huge um, audio guy. Okay, so, so start with that. I am a lighting guy at my core. I know how to use some of these programs enough to work with DMXs in them, but I'm not um, an audio professional in that regard. So... Um, Basically, what you need to do is figure out what you want to do um, with your show. From what you're describing to me, I think Showbuddy can do everything you need. And so I'm actually just going to launch it here on my computer quick and uh, just walk through it here. But basically, 
in ShowBuddy, you're able to go ahead and what makes ShowBuddy a little bit unique is you drag in your music track, whether that's a click track or something else or, or the actual music that you play in your ears. And then you literally just pull up a DMX window um, inside of ShowBuddy and it's got a list of all your banks and presets, everything you've recorded in DMXs. And then you just drag those on the show, on the, the timeline in ShowBuddy where you want them to go. And then you can play back the music inside of ShowBuddy and it plays back your light show automatically um, as you've dragged it on the timeline. And so to me, from what you've written, it seems like that's all you need. Um, and that's all that ShowBuddy does. It's, it's meant to be a simple program. So if that's all you need, Tyler, I would not go any more complex than that. Basically, it's operating straight into DMXs instead of talking via MIDI to DMXs. It's, it's you know, they're basically tied together on a software level, so you don't have to worry about setting up MIDI and coordinating all that, and etc. And I do have um, courses on both inside of Learning Stage Lighting Labs, both ShowBuddy, I also have one on using Ableton with DMXs, and uh, of course, on using DMXs. But getting back to your question, um, if you do decide that ShowBuddy is not complex enough for what you want to do, and from what I'm reading, it seems like ShowBuddy would be good enough for what you want to do. I think you can even download a demo um, from uh, DMXs.com, so check on that. Um, but regardless, um, basically, there's there's two ways to get DMX's control from inside of DAW. If the DAW, the audio program, uh, supports VST plugins, you can use DMX's as a VST plugin. And so the way I like to explain this to people and train them through it is, you open DMX's and you program all the scenes you want for your songs. Then you close DMX's, you open up your DAW, and you program those scenes you've made, and you program them and you sync them to your music. Now, like I said, there's two ways inside of DAW to use DMXs. The first is that VST plugin route where you load it into the program, uh, like Ableton or or main, main stage. Maybe I'm not sure if main stage uses VST plugins, and you're able to simply drag those scenes in or get control of individual lights. Um, that's popular for people doing electronic music, not as popular for people doing doing um, uh, band music. But you simply drag those in or create a virtual MIDI track in there and you're able to just, you know, send the MIDI notes to trigger the scenes from your DAW straight to the VST plugin, um, the regular DMX program you don't even open. Then there's also, um, if your program does not support VST plugins, you can open the regular DMX's program and send MIDI signal to it from your DAW on channels 15 and 16. So you would literally set up something like the loopback adapter on a PC, or I know uh, Macs have a similar thing, and you would send the MIDI out of your DAW, it would loop back inside of the computer and come in the DMXs, and then you would trigger the different scenes inside of the DMXs standalone program, and it wouldn't be running as a plugin or anything uh, within your DAW. So really, there's two different ways to run it there. Um, so I hope that's enough information that um, you'll know. Basically, what's going on is you're not necessarily making a MIDI light show. Um, I would, like you said, you want to build the clicks and light show in Logic and then transfer it over to main stage. Um, 
again, I'm not as familiar with the Apple products. I was a Mac user um, a number of years ago, but I've since gone over to PC because um, a lot more lighting programs run on PC. But um, probably the workflow you would use is just build the clicks in Logic and then transfer it to main stage and build your lighting show there or Ableton or, or ShowBuddy if, if that's the one that works for you. Um, but I, I would think of it as less of thinking about, you know, a MIDI track and more of thinking about, um, okay, you know, is this just a show buddy with a lighting track or is this, um, you know, in main stage or something else and talking to the VST plugin via MIDI, um, or it may, it may be an actual MIDI track talking to Ableton, but, but either way, I think, um, this should give you enough information to know what to do. So thank you um, for sending in that question, Tyler, if you do have questions, send them in to learnstagelighting.com slash contact. Go there, there's a contact form you can fill out and that makes them land in a special place in my email so that I address them here in the podcast. So next week, guys, I've got an exciting episode for you. So I hope you stay tuned. If you have liked today's podcast, uh, head to the show notes page, which is at learnstagelighting.com slash 014 and find the link there for iTunes or Stitcher and do leave me a review. Just let me know what you think give it a star rating. This has to be a sentence or two, and that really helps the show out a lot. Until then, I'll see you guys next week. Thanks. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at learnstagelighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks.